boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammerlock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. It's a very tired and a very cranky crew here on B. She's Wrestling, and that means it's going to be entertaining this week. I'm joined by the Mecca Shane Madison, who's the regular guest star, which means how can you be a guest star if you're a regular? I don't know, but that's what you are. I'd like to continue to be known as the regular guest star. I yeah, that's, that's going to be your... Yeah, you're going to be just like Heather Lockley. That's your gimmick. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, producer speak, Chris. What, Glenn Goza, that guy is still on our show. Well, he's passed away, so... He's the worst. We need to get rid of that song. Do you know if I change the music next week, it's going to sound like I'm acquiescing to you? I think oh, that's the word. God. Great word. Terrible now, song. What, what does that mean? Oh, and when it goes on... <laughs> I like it I like it at the <laughs> end of the means show. I'm caving. When it goes on for six minutes. That's one, how long the song oh. is. Okay, hold it. Chinese water torture. Stop for one second and consider that I was, the, I was the master of using <laughs> terrible ring music. Do you know what songs I used in the span of my career? So I used to have ghetto superstar. Yes, I used to have this gimmick, and if it was popular on the radio, I played it. If I was a babyface, so the people would pop. Q ninety four FM greatest hits. I came out once to the song "Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover." I don't. Need, I think Sophie B Hawkins yes. might have sang that song. Yes, I came out to "Hero" oh, by Mariah terrible. Carey. I remember you Hero. Think it's terrible, yeah. but the people didn't think it was terrible. Hero's good. I could see that working. The, the what was the other one? "Damn, that? I Wish I Was yeah, Your Lover." Like, I like how, that one how does better. that work? Now, if you're not careful. <laughs> That might be our intro next week, although Chris was worried we'll get pulled down for copyright yep. infringement. Yes, I was. I have brand new entrance music when I get booked for whoever calls me next. CWE? So. <laughs> WPW? Are you going to be booking for either one of those? No one's contacting me about anything. Did I've... you turn down the 3D garbage wrestling book? Actually, are you going to be, the new be in, there? in a skewer match next, uh, next the time human they run a skewer? show? They're not, I don't know if there's going to be a next time. We're, we're, we're paying close attention to 3D, pro, 3D garbage wrestling. Um, and I don't think there's going to be another show starting next week. We're going to have a calendar of events that some, but one of us is going to have like to Billy voice over. Re- Billy Red Lions, the event center. Exactly. That's the right. events. That's exactly what we're going to do. By the way, has uh, 3D Shane reached out to you? No. He's, so he's being He reached coward. out to everybody else who likes us to say, if you like them, you can't like me. Okay. So he's this being a coward. This is pretty sandbox. He sandbox. To, he doesn't want to be on the show. No, no, I De- guess not. So I guess he doesn't stand behind his product or want to defend his company or anything. See, and I'm an easy guy to debate with. You just say, oh, you always went on a business. And I say, yeah, but I tried to run a business bigger than anything you could ever dream of. And they say, well, everybody thinks you're a heat score. And I say, yeah, but my handshake has proven to be honest way more than most promoters. And you know, they, all that you were able, all that you were doing was you were properly booking a show. I don't think anybody can discredit the fact that you booked a show. So we're in well, episode 54, 54, and I think I've said this at least 27 times, which is every second week. I was tasked with creating a television exactly. show that could somehow compete with TNA Wrestling at the time and be on par or as as good as Ring of Honor, but using a different roster. So rather than use high-end indie talent, I used WWE free agent talent. And, and did it worked. Well. Yeah. And Piece the guy, of cheese, you're yeah. a failure. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, I got... I got contacted for advice this week, and I hope that the person who contacted me doesn't think, oh, if he's going to talk about it after, that, that should have been confidential. All he had to say is, hey, this is between you and me, please. But he asked for advice about a venue. So you're going to out him. Just don't drop names. <laughs> okay, don't drop names. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let me tell you. 
It's like when somebody con one guy contacted me, said he was thinking about starting up. He said, can you help me? Can you help me? I said, what do you need? Sponsors. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you sound like Ernie. Yeah. Was it, was it Ernie contacting no, you? You're no, off the block. No. That's list. Kind of, it's coming through. I, I was think like, it was are Ernie. you kidding me? You want me to sell corporate sponsors on a product? I have no idea. I have not, I know nothing about the promoter and I have no, I don't know anything about his vision or his local? quality. Local? Yeah. Local, local. Okay. So what does he want me to do? Go to like, uh, I don't know. There's a few businesses that I could hit up. And Swiss say. Chalet? Yes, yeah, Swiss They're out of business. <laughs> um, but I could, there's a, one or two that I could go to and say, hey, listen, like, they're looking for a presenting sponsor. And this wrestling guy who thinks he, he's in the know, and he's a nice guy, but I have no idea what talent he's going to lose. Watch what would happen. I book, or I, I, I sign him up a sponsor that's, say, $500. Adam Knight gets booked on the show. Adam Knight slaps a fan. The sponsor calls me and goes, what are you talking about? And the thing is, I had somebody else contacting me about finding, maybe finding sponsors for a different kind of vision, like a different, different sport entirely. And that it actually appealed to me, right? But this did not appeal to me. So that's a hard no. Hard no. Well, yeah, if you're going out to find sponsors, why wouldn't you be doing it for yourself? Well, I did actually do some I, I know you did, but, research like, but the, I, that's the logic I would have. If I was going to ask Mike Davidson to help me with something, I wouldn't be like, hey, can you help me? Get some money. Well, and, and but the thing is, like, right now, if I was going to help anybody in the sponsorship end, it would be feeding leads to WPW and actually helping them structure the deal so they would monetize as opposed to doing in-kind sponsorship. I can think of a million places I could go and walk into yes. and say, hey, I'm doing this wrestling show. I'd like to... Yeah. See what you and would it, be and, interested in for... And they would at least have the conversation. It would be so easy to do that. Yeah. And I don't it's, know why it's, people can't do that. It's what's not the, that hard. What's the problem? Yeah. And and if you could push it as community, right? Like there, if you said like, listen, Winnipeg's rich heritage of wrestling includes Sarah Stock, Don Callis, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, Roddy Piper. The next generation, someone is going to come along that's going to do something, maybe not to the same degree as Kenny or Jericho, but the next generation is going to come because it's four or five generations of that talent. I actually had a company approach me about sponsoring me. As J what? Just me. They wanted their company logo on my trunks. Really? really? Yep. Well, we can put their company logo on the on the microphone it's and a, talk. It's yeah. a cool logo too. Well, there and see that's the reality though is that right now it's a lot easier than say ten years ago as a wrestling company to say, Hey, I'm a wrestling or we have this wrestling thing. First and foremost, though, what the company has to do is they have to talk about what they're doing to establish their credibility. Right. Anyway, I'm the, what I, my initial point was that somebody contacted me to ask specifically about one specific venue. And I was like, I don't know, like you can book it, go ahead. Like, what's the problem? His product is actually more catered to all ages and he wants to go to something that serves liquor. And I like that idea, but why? If you have a formula that works, that can draw two, 300 people a month, why are you going to change that up and cut half of your audience out and then maybe only draw 150? I think the days of you need to be able to serve liquor in order to draw at a wrestling show might be gone. Well, wait a second. If I look at the WPW shows, they have maybe... 10% of the audience is under the age of 18. Yeah, their mo their model is not based around children, though. No. Whereas this person you're talking about In is. fact, I think Devin and, and Ben actually said at one point, CWE is more family and we, are, we have a different audience. We skew a little older. They're bringing in Carter Mason this time. 
Hey, from Toronto, actually, I saw that. I, I did not see that. I was just talking. You're, to Carter. That's called. That's called a. Well, I guess it's all over the internet, and I just missed it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Carter Mason. Scoop. By the way, man, your haircut looks good today. You know, so does yours, and, but yours always does. And producer Chris also got a haircut last sure time. Sure, yeah. Too bad uh, nobody could see this. I've been with the same hairstylist for 15 years, probably. Great, great fade. And yeah, I can't, I, you know what? I could never go to another hairstylist and say, hey, sponsor the show. <laughs> but I'll say her, I'll say who it is. It's a lawn hair salon on uh, Sherbrooke. How would you lazy carn that? Elise on <laughs> She's Breeze. <laughs> All right, we, so we're cranky and we're all over the place on the on oh, the tired. on the happy chat, and we didn't do what we. This is no format at its finest because we, we didn't even discuss any ideas. Totally unprepared. Yeah, we were going to talk about theme music though. We, oh, we right, kind of got, right. we kind of got so off. So Glenn Goza is the worst. I one. use Destiny's Child yep. Survivor, and people good. actually associate that to me. And I was actually in an evolution from being from using, um, I I Gloria Gaynor, I think it is. I will survive. You know that song? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That yep. was what I started with. But then because Survivor was a little bit, so one was I Will Survive. And then after I did survive, Destiny's Child <laughs> was a very popular song and it, it got a reaction. As a heel, I used Ghetto Superstar. What did you use? I had Godsmack Keep Away when I first started. Yeah. The first match I ever did, I had... Uh, Geese Smeeze. <laughs> Geese Smeeze. I had Eiffel 65 Blue. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I was Flying Freddy Clyde's. That was yeah. my first entrance music. But that was just like a one-off thing. And then we used um, we used EI from Nelly. Was right? that as part of MVP? Yep. Was that as a collective or was that just yours? Uh, that was a collective, but then I also used it as well. And then mm -hmm. we used, uh, what's that, uh, from the Matrix soundtrack for, uh, what the heck's that song called? I can't remember what that's. It's like a really long song. Yeah. Um, can't remember what it's called, but it's like some song off the Matrix soundtrack. And then uh, what else did I use? Yeah, but and I and I was using uh, Depeche Mode, Personal Jesus. Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode. Personal. You Jesus. can tell I've heard of him. And is it a he or is it a gang or is it well, a group? It's a group. Okay, it's a group from the eighties. Eighties. Yeah, sure. I, Were I, they hair metal? Nope. What's Depeche Mode is great. Oh, you uh, know Depeche Mode too. Of course, you don't know who Depeche Mode is. No, clearly I don't. Oh, okay, then. <laughs> so Depeche Mode. Sorry, what song did you use? Club to Death. That's what it is. Club to Death. Club, Club to, to death. death. Chris, what did you use when you wrestled? Uh, first song was Disturbed by Stricken, or Stricken by Disturbed. Sorry, I got that backwards. Um, Eric Clapton. I shot the sheriff and PCW when I was doing the cop gimmick. You did a cop gimmick? Yes, I did. I did not follow your career at De all. Deputy Chris Dion, and I was obsessed with Dave Dixon. So were you like a cop wannabe? Was that your gimmick? Yeah, well, yeah, and then it shifted to a character that we couldn't do in this day and age, so I'm not going to talk well, about no, it. No, no, listen, he was his uh, he was trademarking himself or pattering himself after Ray Trailer, so it all makes <laughs> yeah. sense now. It's exactly. I told you that last <laughs> week. Yeah, we did a cop gimmick, and then I was obsessed with Dave Dixon, and then it transitioned to me being sexually interested in Dave Dixon. And then I was too cute. You couldn't talk about that? I was too cute, Christian. Well, because I'm not actually sexually interested in Dave Dixon, so you're not supposed to play a role that you're not whatever. I, I remember was, you being too cute. I actually yeah. don't mind too too cute, Chris. Too cute, Chris Dion, and that uh, that was Animotion's obsession. Who was booking this stuff? Andrew Shellcross. Animotion and obsession. Yeah. That was the old music from Saturday Night's Main Event. Exactly. Love that song. That, Tremendous song. That was, that was my song when I was Great too song. cute. Okay, let's pivot. Rob Give Stardom it. is coming back with Wrestling for a Cause. That's true. In Gimli? Yep. What's the date? June 4th, I believe. June 4th. Is that a Saturday? 
I don't recall. It would be a Saturday because June 9th is the home opener for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And then there's another lifetime presentation. This time to Gibby. Gibby Guerrero. Yes. Who's June, recovering? June 3rd. June 3rd. June 3rd. Okay, Sorry. Yeah, that, that makes close. sense. June th- uh, and uh, didn't Gibby, he said had like a heart attack. I think. Yeah, he, he just had a heart attack. He's okay now, though. Yes, yeah, he seems to be. He yeah. survived. That's young to be having heart attacks, though. Wrestling um, business will do that to you. Yeah. Yep. Um, and what else would I tell you about? Danny Duggan's got Alex Hammerstone coming to town. Now, is he coming to town? Because I heard he requires surgery. Ooh, really? Yep. <sighs> Injured. I've never had it before where promoters said they have someone coming and then they don't. Like Frankie Kazarian just dropped off the face of the planet. He He's was not supposed coming to be in Primos in May. He's not coming. Oh. And Okay, so here's, here's what I would say. We can find out about that. If you are a promoter and you say, in May, this guy's coming... And that changes, you should say, hey, there's been a change of plans. Oh, they forgot here. about it. Yeah. If they don't mention it again, it doesn't make it right. Right. And it's always, well, this so and so rescheduled. Well, that happened with Lance Hoyt, Lance Archer. It happened with. Who was bringing him in? Primos. Okay. It happened with Diamond Dallas Page. Who was bringing him in? Primos. <laughs> so I see a pattern. Same here. with Frankie Kazarian. <laughs> it's funny because Richard Brown, a friend of the show, said, Didn't I see Frankie Kazarian was coming in in May? I said, He didn't say it was May 2023. So maybe he means May 2025. May in the future. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. At some point, there, he may be coming in. I'm like, <laughs> Maybe that's what he meant. I haven't thought anything on Alex Hammerstone yet involving surgery, but I will keep looking. Okay. I, I saw Thank that. You, Chris. On, I saw that on a website where he was injured and. So is he going to vacate the MLW title that I, he's had a super long reign on? I don't know. I, I heard, like, I read that a week ago. Oh, here we go. Uh, sorry to interrupt. No, torn, torn abductor. That's it. Uh, injury. Abductor. Yeah. So maybe that's something you can work through. I don't know. But speaking of surgery, Danny Duggan seems to be re- recovering well. He's six days post surgery. Did he have a surgery? Yes. Okay. He's posted pictures of the knee that was operated on. How did I miss this? So six Why days post surgery, that would make me believe he's about 13 days from returning. <laughs> And I don't, not to make light of Danny, but Danny would wrestle with a broken leg if he had to. Okay, so the deal is, uh, 32-year-old said he will be cleared and able to start taking bookings again as of May 12th. So he will probably be still making his CWE dates. I'm going to try, I'm going to reach out to Danny and see if we can get Hammerstone on the show. I think that would be great. I'd like to talk about the MLW product in depth. And Scott Mason, our friend from uh, Play Like a Jet podcast, is a big MLW fan, and he would be able to shed some light on some of the questions we could ask about. I I love what I've seen of MLW. I I asked about Tessa, but no response. I would love to have Tessa on the show too. Maybe Tessa and producer Chris could go on a date. They say, because they say women want to date someone like their father. And when I look at producer Chris, I see Tully Blanchard that is or a, Magnum TA. That is a massive compliment because yeah, I love Tully Blanchard. Yeah, so do I, except for his, his AEW run was not very good. It was not good. I still have some really poor DVDs, though, that I got from Rob Stardom, the best of Tully Blanchard, like six disc set. You know, if we talk about Tyler James, he's going to rip on us again and call us amateurs. Apparently so, yes. I loved it. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. People, I got, somebody tried to stir it up and say like, look at this guy. Like he, he's got, he's, what, what do you make of that? And I said, 
If he was really trying to cause heat, he wouldn't have shared the podcast. <laughs> that, that, and that's what I thought too. Like at first I, you, cause you sent me the message and I immediately fired back at you as I do. Cause yeah. I got a short temper. And then, then like a few seconds later, I was like, yeah, he's working. He's got, well, he might not have been, that might be his honest opinion, but let me tell you, if you like, if Ernie Todd was running a show and I was going to rip on it, well, then again, wait a minute. When I said 3D garbage wrestling didn't deserve like that I didn't like it. I still <laughs> shared their links. So maybe he's not working. Maybe not. I don't know. But I, weren't you putting him over last show? I put yep. him over all the time. One time I asked him to come on the podcast. I say, Hey, I, you know, I'd like you to get on, to come on the podcast. What podcast? Uh, the BC I haven't heard of it. He said, <laughs> so he could be legitimate. I don't care. I find it entertaining. You know, like when locals say, I haven't heard of this podcast. Yes, you have. And if you haven't, you're not doing your homework. Yeah, at the end of the day, I'd put my resume up against his any day of the week. So would so I. Whatever, But man. I would put my resume up no against... Problem. Okay, so I wouldn't put my resume up as a wrestler against, say, Kenny I, Omega or Mentolo. But, like, if you look at what I was ever tasked to do in the wrestling business and what I accomplished, is here's another thing. So somebody had a debate with me about how successful was Shane Madison, right? Who and was I, that? I don't want to say names. Now you can tell me off the air. Yeah. It was me. But... <laughs> Here's what happened to you. 2001 and two and three were really good years for you. But the wrestling business went from three companies hiring full-time to one company hiring, but they absorbed the entire roster of both companies. There was no jobs in 2001, two or three or four or five. And really not until maybe seven was really when WWE started to recruit. If you look at it, Anybody who says somebody was from 2002 didn't make it, Wavell Star, Andy Anderson, Shane Madison, realize what the business happened. So OVW in 2003 or 2002 with Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, and that entire class. Shelton Benjamin. uh, John Cena. Cena. Batista. That fed the pipeline for what WWE needed for eight years. And on top of that, WCW folded and anyone good on that roster ended up in WWE for a period of time. Booker T, Lance Storm, uh, Billy Kidman was active until at least 04. So that filled their pipeline. And then ECW, anybody that was marketable to Jerry was on TV till 2006. Like, well, there was also Deep South too that, you know, it, had a lot of really great people come out of it and they had Tom Pritchard doing the training. So, I mean, where were you going to get a job in 2001 to 2007? Well, I had WWE specifically tell me in 2001 that they go, okay, so ECW's gone, WCW's gone. There's all those wrestlers that have name value, television recognition. Yeah. So, and they go, oh, and by the way, you don't have any of those things. Oh, and you're Canadian, so you need a visa. And on top of that, SmackDown Raw and Velocity were the only three televised programs, and they were all WWE. So it wasn't like, hey, you could get on with the next company that had TV. Ring of Honor didn't have TV until, I think, 08, 07. So where the heck were you going to go work, right? So anybody that... Anybody that ever says, oh, so-and-so from 2002, they could say the same thing about Mentola. They could say it about Andy Anderson. They could say it. There's a lot of examples. J.D. Michaels, he was told, hey, you got to have a visa in order for us to really give you a talented guy. He was. So anybody who says, oh, so-and-so didn't make it, so-and-so didn't make it. In that era, there was nowhere to make it. It's like, I've always said 1986 Chi-Chi Cruz. That's when he debuts. So when he gets good, it's 1992. The wrestling business was in a recession. AWA shut down in 90, Crockett sold to Turner. Turner was on its 
like barely limping along. They got rid of house shows somewhere around there. And like ECW became popular. But what happened was territory wrestling went from every territory to very few territories. Chi Chi Cruz made it to Memphis, USWA. That's pretty darn good. And listen, that is really good. I did make it. I just didn't make it in wrestling. Yeah. So I'm fine well, with where I am. that's the other yeah. thing. But it, I will tell you this. If you look, if, if you take Shane Madison 2001 to 2003, and you look at the landscape of, of wrestling right now, NWA, Major League Wrestling, I think you probably end up on television pretty regularly. I, I had, and again, we've talked about this before. I had Tommy Dreamer. I've had Ted DiBiase. I've had Paul London's offer to fly me to, me and my wife to Australia. I was telling Wavel Star that that story last night. Yep. Um, those are the guys that they said to me all, they all said to me, you know, you could have made a living doing this. And I said, I know I could have, but like, I wouldn't have a house. That's I Tommy have- Dreamer's rib though. He's actually in charge of talent relations for Impact, but I've seen Tommy do it to guys, walk up to them and say, you know what? I'm going to put in a word. You're going to be on TV. <laughs> well, he never said that. <laughs> I saw him do it to Charlie Haas in 2010. He did it to Andy Anderson in Puerto Rico. He said, if ECW was still running, you'd have a job. It's like his compliment, right? Yeah, I but think- he gives it, I think he gives it to one guy every show he goes on. I think when I came, when I first came back here from being trained, I remember looking looking at it round at the locker room and it looked basically pathetic. Yeah. And it didn't have anybody that remotely looked like they belong there in any locker room that I've ever been into up until that point. And I like to think that I was the guy that kind of got people to take their stuff seriously and to improve. We called it raising the bar back then. And that's what we did. We changed the so. complexion. Nobody was getting paid either. It that was, was the other thing. It was the pivot. I call it the pivot from Vance Nevada's era of booking which was he would pick up a community club on off the gate and draw 12 people and do nothing to promote it. He did it at St. Norbert community club. There was no vision with his book. Do you know the first time I ever wanted to book the first time I ever campaigned to try to get into booking? I wanted to be an understudy to Vance. That was river city. Wasn't no it? power pro. Oh really? Okay. I campaigned for the river city book in 99 and kind of got it, but never really got it. It was booking for Wayne. It was dysfunctional. But in 97, they ran three shows, and I they, they talked a big game that they were serious and they were going to have a run. Steve Stryker went out there and got great venues. He ran Tech Vock High School Gym. He ran Elmwood High School Gym. He ran Park City Community Club. These were really good venues. And I knew I was never going to get the book because Stryker was big on you. needed to have credibility. But I wanted to establish my credibility by being an understudy to a book. So I actually wrote a business, well, not really a business plan, but a vision statement, kind of like Jerry Maguire. Hey, listen, if Tony Khan would hire you, we have a podcast, a million dollar contract you could get hired. With that, over that's there. what I said. I, I, no, so we're going to talk about that in the next <laughs> segment. No problem. But I, but they never took it seriously. Like I, I went as far as to how they should advertise their product, right? At that time, you could advertise on MTN, CKND Global. Um, CKY probably CKY you if you took $300 and you decided you wanted to run 10 TV commercials perfectly placed you could have in 1997 you could have been on WCW's broadcast on W on CKY you could have been on South Park on global TV after midnight on Friday nights for $35 you could have been on MTN you know like there was a it wasn't so much frequency which is very important in advertising it's placement I'll give you an example on our show Mary Brown's mailbag Everyone talks about Mary Brown's. Yeah. People send us their their orders for Mary Brown's all the time. They're always talking about it. That's not frequency. It's placement, right? It's placement that's important more than frequency. But that's, you know, 
That was the first time I ever asked for a booker job and I didn't get it. But I, I lost my train of thought of where I went with that. But making it in 2001 to 2007 or 8 was impossible. Even in 2010. See, TNA kind of opened it up a little bit for guys around 05, 06, when Dixie was spending and they, and they started to gain some traction. 2002 to 2005, there were spot shows for Impact or TNA. You could come in and work TV and that was it. There was no house shows. There was no contracts, really. It was actually 05, I think, 04, Divine got a contract. I think it was paying him $300 a week. I think that was when Scott talked to me about doing the Team Canada thing. That was 04, probably. I think 04. And then I said, I, and then I said no. And then I said, you should, you should look at this Kenny Omega guy. Yeah. And I talked to Kenny and I said, you need to get your package over to Scott. I, he, I got the address for the thing in Nashville. And he said, yeah, I'll, I'll get it over to him. And then he just never sent it. Just so never, many. Yeah. And then, and then. Then Scott's like, well, I didn't hear from Kenny Omega. And they go, okay, uh, I got Ryan Wood. I said, try Ryan Wood. Ryan Wood never sent it. Like, fuck. It ended up working out for TNA, who they did with the Canadians with, though. It was Eric Young and Petey Williams. I know, but I'm like, guys, this guy's calling you to give, like, what are you doing? That's another problem. could have been for Ryan Wood, right? Yeah, that's another problem for Winnipeg guys, though, at that time. There was talent. There just wasn't enough drive. Right, like, and for me, I made a decision. I didn't want to do this for a, a living, so I kind of walked away from it. And I said, "I'm going to focus on my professional career." And, and trust me, at this day and age, you're very happy you made that decision. Damn right, you know, I too. And I'm happy the way it worked out for me. And there's a lot of guys that are still in the, in the same spot, professional wrestling, that you know have opinions of what I was able to accomplish. And it's a completely different world, you know. Sometimes they say I'm 13 years out of touch. <laughs> well, it's one of those things, and Jeff and I have talked about it. You have to know when to move on. Sometimes, you know, like for me, I realized pretty, you know, early on, you know, a few years in, I was like, this is not going to be what I'm good at. This is not my path. I can support wrestling, but I don't think I can do wrestling. Not everybody can do and, and wrestling. That's no, fine. I couldn't. I went into professional broadcasting. I had a 10 year career. I was fine with it, you know. So I could. I could do the booking. I could do the promoting. I could do the television production. You could still contribute yeah, in a way. I could, I could structure the company, yeah. but I could not be in ring and do anything. There's nothing no. wrong with that. Uh, what are we at for time? Producer Chris 25 coming 25. to a pro wrestling tea store. Yeah. Very soon. Yes, absolutely. That's a good idea. Well, you, that's a great segue. I promised somebody I was going to mention their company Tablebump.ca. Tablebump.ca. Check this out. Tablebump.ca. Look it up right now. I'm check it out. They're right on now. Facebook. They're on Instagram. Give them a like. Okay. It's a local guy. It's a Winnipeg guy, Jay Walker. He's a graphic designer and he's doing stuff for people all over North America. Take a look at his stuff. It is it is mind blowing how good it is. Oh, so he's doing like uh, t shirt design, t shirt design, oh, eight by cool. ten designs, posters for wrestling shows. He's the guy who did the posters for FirstRow.ca when they had Ethan Page and the the guns, and it was originally going to be Danhausen. He's awesome. Uh, I I've used him before on a previous podcast to yeah. do my logo. He's yeah. very good. So, so he's asked you to to put him over on the somebody show? mentioned it to me. He didn't <laughs> he didn't mention it. Somebody mentioned, hey, take a look at this and maybe give it a plug. That's cool. I'm going to give it more than a plug. I'm going to say I endorse the work. You know, I'm a big proponent of graphic design. I'm also a big proponent that promoters, when they get a designer, should stick with one designer because the importance is that you should have a theme to your graphics. It shouldn't be this way one time, this way the next. It should always have a, a consistent look to it. 
And it should have a consistent color scheme and consistent use of the photography that you provide that designer. Always, the other thing is always use a professional photographer. Very important. But tablebump.ca, check it out. And uh, coming up after the break, something else is coming back. Main Event Munchie Trivia is coming back after we took a week off last week. And I heard about it from our good friend Jay Gagne. Don't worry, we're still going to have trivia every week. Last week we ran heavy. So coming up after the break, we have Main Event Munchie Trivia. And more B-She's. This episode of B-She's Wrestling is powered by First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store, where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal B-She's Wrestling listener, you can get a discount on your purchase using the code B-She's. That code is B-E-E-Z. S-H-E-E-Z, one word, to get 10% off. Visit the store online, firstrow.ca, or instead of click and order, go brick and mortar. Meet the guys at First Row in person, 1835 Main Street, Winnipeg, Manitoba. First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store. This is Mr. Beefy Goodness, Vance Nevada, the author of Uncontrolled Chaos, Canada's remarkable professional wrestling legacy, on sale now, and you're listening to Bees She's Wrestling. Main Event Munchie Trivia is back. People told us that they want trivia because they want to win, even though I don't blame them. only one winner wins a week, even though, like, we've had like 19 right answers one week we had actually we had way more than 19 but after 19 i was i made it clear that it was one so people stopped trying to win uh this week the mecca shane madison also known as g's wheeze has the question as usual who is the, so there was no yeah there was no there was no trivia at all week. last week well that's good chris that's went it won it two weeks ago and i got to hook up with him to get him me. a bag nope different chris chris is gonna enjoy main event munchies because yeah I you've got, been sitting there snacking on your on your sample yeah i have a sample bag here and uh let me tell you i uh they hit hit the spot for sure he yeah he gets into them right away i literally took mine right in front of you guys and put them away yeah because i was worried they're so good that i was worried that they might go walking out the door let's talk etiquette though the difference between him and me is he waits till break and then snacks on a bunch i'll sit here and just sit there and just move away from my I mic know, and it drives and me just crazy keep crunching i did time. that a little bit but yeah. i mean yeah. i didn't didn't want to do it on the mic okay what is the but question for for a bag of main event munchies pretzels and if you have tried this product you love this product I see on, because you can get them at Primo's Collectibles on Portage Avenue and the bowling. Lavrandry Bowl. Yeah. But I see people actually like asking the owner of Primo's, do you have the bags in? Because he was out of stock for a bit. But I anyway. also do socials if you want to, you know, contact them on Instagram at Made of It Munchies. For a social prize? For a social prize or That's good. a social donation. Uh, I would highly recommend it because, uh, yeah. All if right. you try it, you want more. And all he needs, all the owner needs to do is once he gets distribution, people are going to buy it. Yes. It's just a matter of getting the distribution. If you're a business owner, get in touch with Main Event Munchies to get to get this on their shelves. Crave it, chew it, munch it. That's yeah. what I'm doing right now. All, All right. right. What's the question? Trivia question. Uh, okay, so in 1993, Ric Flair returned to WCW, and at Starcade 93, he defeated Big Van Vader to win the WCW championship. However, that was not the original match vader was originally supposed to face somebody else at starcade 93 who was that person 
and what was the circumstances around surrounding changing that match? 1993. Mm. December 27th, 1993. When they Charlotte had Starcut, Starcade at the end of December, which you is, I guess they always did. but It was on a Wednesday, I yeah, believe. It used, it used to be on Wednesday. Thanksgiving Eve. Right, and then, then Survivor Series went in. Let's put the kibosh on that. All right, get your answers into us. How do we do that? You can email them in totalbeeshees at gmail.com. Let me take it over here. No, no. Totalbeeshees at gmail.com. Yes, on Twitter, at totalbeeshees. Instagram, beeshees wrestling. Facebook, beeshees wrestling. There you go. He got it perfect. DMs. All right. See, the, the, see the energy I gave there? It was, it was no pregnant sigh. Uh, we, need, <laughs> we need to put that on the walls just so we can refer to that. <laughs> yeah. I've been sighing a lot today. Um, and it's because I'm dead tired. And I have a caffeine pill in me, but it, I don't think I'm rambling like I normally do on caffeine. I had a long drive today, too. Yeah. You've got, you've got road, road lag. I was back from Regina, had dinner with Wavel Star. Wavel Steve. Shout out to Wavel Star. Yeah. Weasties. We went to Trifon's Pizza. If you've never been to Regina, check out the Regina Pizza. Trifons. 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 Okay. When you're going to Regina for the AEW show this summer, make sure you check out some Regina Pizza. Do you know how well, how much were hotel rooms? Sponsored plug. How how much were hotel rooms in Regina? Uh, I don't know. I think I paid. Well, I get like a corporate rate, so mine was like a I think 129 a night. That's not bad, but it's midweek. Yeah. yeah. Weekend that's going to be 170. Sure. Yeah. That's going to make any people ask what happened to that bus tour you were talking about. Well, if you wanted to get into $300 a ticket, we might've got there. <sighs> Let's will. talk AEW. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Exciting week for them. All in. How, what are they at as of today? I believe last time I heard there were about 43,000. That was yesterday. I heard tickets. that. Well, they're going to, they're closing in on a $6 million gate. Okay. So this is amazing for them. Yeah. Well and done. they still might not even make money with, well, 43,000. They should make money. And this is the pre-sale. Tickets mm -hmm. go on sale Friday. Uh, by the time this uh, airs, tickets will be on sale, and we, they could be sold out. Who knows? Well, if we remember Winnipeg when they sold six thousand the first weekend, and then ended up at seventy under eight thousand, seventy four hundred or something. Mm -hmm. So that the diehards are buying. The problem, for, like no, not the problem. The UK wrestling fan is one of the most dedicated on the planet. They love their wrestling. They love their American wrestling. They follow it. They get it on, like, it gets on TV there, and they and they follow it. TNA had a great run in, in the UK. WCW had a run in the UK in the early 90s. Um, and WWE has always had a great identity in the UK. And now AEW does. I, I don't want to look like revisionist and say, oh, I knew this, but I thought that they would do okay. I right? thought 50. You remember I said sellout? Did you say so? I, I think it's going to happen. Yes, and you browbeat me for it, but I think no. It's I think you. Uh, I, I think remember you said what, ten thousand. I, I remember oh, browbeating. Here we go. Here's the revision. I, I, I remember browbeating you when a couple of weeks ago you were like, "They're going to have to add some star power because the venue's so big." And I, I looked at you like I was going to say thanks tips. Yeah, it's, right? it, it's a big, big venue, but they're they are also drawing, like you said, from the UK. It's not just you know England. They're Scotland, Ireland, Paris is a very quick train yeah. ride. Very and so quick. nothing announced yet. Right now they're too. saying the big thing is oh the big hook is oh cm punk's gonna be there and jericho that's all their roster that's not adding anything like if they added goldberg or they added will osprey or they added mercedes monet or whatever they're gonna add something i can't see them not doing will osprey it's not going to be on pay-per-view in north america because of the time delay so they're gonna not run it because they can't get it into prime time so they be, may not run it at all because they there's a thought that that could cut into the all out see and i i I disagree with that to a degree. I'll tell you what I disagree with. 
I think if you can imagine the momentum coming out of this, of you did all in, in in UK and you gave away a million dollar main event of Omega versus Osprey. And you did, uh, you know, something with one of your, some, you have a main event that looks like, oh, anything can happen and nobody knows what's going to happen. And that could affect all out a week later. If they were to hit two major buys and two major sellouts and have so much momentum two weeks in a row, that would be what this brand needs. Be, imagine he cares so much about being Booker of the Year and you know who he is. <laughs> Imagine how much momentum he would have going into October if he did that in, in August and September. And he could, they could change it, right? I mean, this, this is all, the, we're talking The logistics are tricky because it'll, I think their pay-per-view time... Would be three o'clock. Yeah, we, it like would that. be an awkward time, like after midnight. But you know what? AEW fans are not like your regular booking to the masses type fans like yeah. they will buy well consecutive it, pay-per-views i believe that they would or why don't you do I a combo so, yeah. price why don't you do add value to it like this is a mistake for them because i think it's a saturday which i think it would run into sunday morning yeah, it's right a saturday or it might run as a friday morning or friday night in six saturday hours morning. difference from here to london six hours yeah. is so that plus six or minus plus six plus six okay so if they so it runs midnight so, type thing 1 a.m to 4 a.m I don't know that that's necessarily for the hardcore wrestling fan one night on a weekend. I don't think that kills them. I think it's a mistake to think, oh, it'll hurt our buy and all out. The all out pay-per-view. Here's one thing I'll say. They could have the best wrestling, the best tag team division on the planet right now. Get rid of that trios thing, which actually dilutes your tag team wrestling and focus on uh, put Cole and uh, Roderick Strong as a tag team against the uh, Young Bucks, against um, FTR. You've got the three best tag teams in the planet right there. You've got, you've got nothing but money. You've got matchups that nobody could call on paper that people have to watch to see the story develop. You have the Acclaimed, that's a really good tag team. you got the Guns that aren't the worst. <laughs> that I like the Guns. I, I do, do too. too. I, think I think they've got the a hell of a future. I think the Acclaimed has cooled off a lot. Yes, well, they, they're setting up for them to go into the trios. Because didn't they win that battle royal this week? I missed the television. The, the, the acclaimed has been cooled off, though. It seems like they're. It's like everything with AEW. They get to the top of their. They don't know how to keep people getting hotter yeah, exactly. and hotter. Exactly. They get to get to this level, and then they just let them drop off. They did it with FTR. FTR will, will be back and hot again, but they did it with the claim now, and I they will be back too. But they're they're stars. I will tell you, running back to back pay per views wouldn't be so bad. What is a mistake for this brand is adding more TV, although it's financially gratifying for them to do to add the Saturday night AEW collision show. One of these shows is going to get canceled in the next two years. It's either going to be the Friday night show or the Saturday night show. It's going to be very hard to establish ratings on Saturday night. It's going to be extremely hard to ever establish the ratings on the Friday night because they've botched it so bad. They can never make that show a must see show. So is that Wembley show? Do you know off the top of your head? Is it a weekend show? I think it's Saturday. Saturday, isn't it? August twenty. I don't get why they, they they don't run the show. Start the show at two o'clock in the afternoon there, and then they could pay per view it here at eight o'clock at night. I think isn't there technology reasons why they couldn't go live pay per view? Maybe not. I I'm not WWE aware. I'll have to look it into it with but, television. Yeah, too. WWE has done and it with Raw television. And so. SmackDown. They've done live from. Live from the UK. And, yep. Yeah. And, I think you so. should tweet some advice to Tony Khan and tell him, have balls, pal. Yeah. St- run at two o'clock in the afternoon. That's eight o'clock 
here in Winnipeg on a Saturday. On a Saturday, deal. that's perfect. Eight o'clock is a good time for they a big even start, could yeah. they even could get away with four o'clock, ten o'clock. Dana White yeah. was running UFC events at seven in the morning. Yeah, people were drinking at like seven in the morning at this at these shows. Where in UK? Well, in the UK or like Cambodia or wherever the heck he's <laughs> running. The you know, all, these, all these weird places he runs. So, so I believe that one of these three shows is going to get canceled. I believe that they have to they have to go with the double pay per view. They really do. And I'll tell you, and hold off your debuts. If you can sell forty three thousand on the value of the brand, do not throw away Goldberg in UK. Hold Goldberg for US. Um, I don't know if the fans would like Goldberg in AEW. Especially, I heard it Goldberg versus um, Wardlow. And yeah. is Arn Anderson managing Wardlow? Uh, they just <laughs> keep putting him with whoever. They're well, just like, they, hey, Arn, what are you doing? There is not one, going to the ring. There is not one guy who's retired wrestler legend who's been a good manager in AEW. Nope. Because they don't... They, they not don't Jake, try. Not, not Tully, not one. Not Arn. No, no one. And Arn always gets physically and involved. And is a terrible manager. It's like they don't have an idea of what they want to do. When you have male managers, don't put them with your hottest acts. What you should do, the only male manager that's worked is Billy Gunn. Yep. It's true. He's like a cheerleader. Yeah, he's yeah, basically. He's, and it's only because daddy ass and scissor me is cute. Yeah. It's not because of anything else. But what you do with, okay, so in the case of Bobby Heenan in the 80s, King Kong Bundy needed Bobby Heenan to be a main event draw. John Studd needed Bobby Heenan. Uh, Andre the Giant at that point needed Bobby Heenan to talk them into the building. But, you know, at the same time, like Don Morocco, who managed him when he was a heel? Fuji? Mr. Fuji. Yeah, Fuji didn't do the talking. Fuji was a useless manager with Demolition. Demolition did their own talking. Magnificent Morocco did his own talking. Well, Fuji would talk, but it, it wasn't slip them the it, cane or whatever. Yeah, that's right. It was to give them a, a cheap way of winning. Um, male managers don't work in this day and age. That's a popular thing. It could work. If you, let's take, um, if you're going to take a, a, a manager who, Johnny Fairplay, never been a wrestler. He can do the Jimmy Hart role. Arn Anderson should have been a good manager. Or a good commissioner, except he doesn't present like he's polished, right? Arn Anderson has a value, but it has they haven't realized it in two years of him being there, three years almost. Figure out Don Callis managing Kenny Omega. You if Don Callis is a good manager, and I would argue he's not, him being with Kenny Omega is doing nothing for either of them. He should manage someone underneath, a tag team who needs help. Or a wrestler that can't get over, and him talking for him helps get He's the doing that with Kanosuke Takeshita or whatever Kanosuke Takeshita. I think is kind of what he's doing. Giving him a rub, yeah, a little bit, and like he's how's that working? He's seconding. I mean, the people are behind Takeshita. They people, are. yeah, but there are people that think Don Callis is a great manager. Well, I would, yeah, I think Don Callis. I think he's great on. I, th- I would like to see him on commentary. Despite, I don't want to Let's see. Let's add 11 people to the commentary. Yeah, booth. but all he does as a manager is he just walks out there with a dopey grin, clapping his hands. He adds, like you said, he adds nothing to the presentation. And like guys like that, Kenny Omega doesn't need Don Callis. Don Callis is not a better color man than Taz. No, Taz is really good. Yeah. Taz is super good. Yeah, Don is not bad though, but like uh, that original all in pay-per-view that they did. Uh, the I, problem that's how I felt Don about it is, is he struggles to understand how to put over the product 
it's either Kenny Omega, and by virtue of putting Kenny Omega over, he's putting himself over. You got to be able to put over the product. And I, I have struggled with this at times before. If you watch WFX on YouTube, a lot of people said I was lacking, but I was also told to be funny. America One actually said they wanted more humor from the commentary, and that's all I was trying to accommodate. But if you're pushing angles, see, who's a good commentator right now? The best guy's in Impact right now. Hannif- uh, Tom Hannafin. Yeah, Tom no one Hanna- can touch Hannafin. Him. He's the best play-by-play yeah, guy. Percent. I mean, Moro Ranallo decided to come back. He would be. He's yeah. He's uh, really. He good. would be really good. I like Excalibur. Uh, I don't. I didn't like him at the beginning because of his dopey mask. Yeah, I, it's he has grown on me. His commentary is good. It's the mask that, yeah. that that does it for me. I'm like just like nobody knows who you are, anyways. Like, like who was I watching? I think my wife walked into the room. She goes, "Why is that guy wearing a mask?" Because he's a yeah. bank robber. Yeah, and then it's like, great question. And that's your kind of typical, like, that's a legitimate question. In 2001, when WCW went out of business, nobody gave Tony Schiavone credit for being on par with Tim Ross. Watch WCW tapes from 99, not 2000, 2001, 97. He was amazing. Tons better than Bischoff was. He was. Yeah, Bischoff was not good. He was. He carried that broadcast and promoted angles and put emphasis on everything important. Now he's become kind of a almost cute. Like he's just there to sidekick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the guy who should have been the play-by-play guy. If he could get back to the 2001 form, the problem was he was disconnected to the product or to the industry for 20 years. It was hard for him to reimmerse himself with what was important. So the, the role they did Jim Ross, part of its health, part of its age. Yeah. There Jim Ross still has a value. I actually think Jim Ross, what they should do with Jim Ross is have him do a 10 minute um, post show where he it's, Basically, him or Dutch Mantel would also be good telling a story that to elevate the angle and just he narrates the story, yeah. right? And it's basically an in-depth version of what we just saw, although that's a lot of post-production. But I got, I got two things I want to circle back to that we talked to. Arn Anderson, I, I think the fact that he's constantly physically involved is actually taking the shine off the apple for him. It's actually hurting him because he'll, he'll hit a great spine buster. Still hits a really great spine buster, but he's got to roll out of the ring because he's so fat. Well, he hit a DDT the last time. Yeah. He hasn't really been physically involved. He's only been physically involved twice. I've seen in the company's history? I think so. Oh, man. He I hit a spine I, buster to a huge pop, and then he hit a DDT recently. I, That's I the think, only time I've seen I it. think I've seen him like three or four times, but I could be mistaken. Okay. Uh, but I just feel like it doesn't do anything for him. Thoughts? He's part of the two biggest or two of the best clicks in all t- in all of history factions, Dangerous Alliance and the Four Horsemen. How they can't figure out how to build him a group and and get them over, but they don't know how to do that anymore. The eighties and nineties, they don't know how to build a faction. Give it time. Dangerous Alliance didn't have a long long enough run in uh, nineteen in ninety one ninety two ninety two. Yeah, they should have they should have dominated till ninety four, but they didn't give them enough time. Four Horsemen, that was him. He was Flair's second, really, because he was the constant. If they can't figure out how to give him a faction of young guys who need to get to the next level, that's a failure on the booking. But we could point out a million uh, a million failures on the booking. One thing I did want to pivot to, though, is, are we done with... Uh, yeah, I'll save the, the next draft. thing because it actually informs our, one of our our questions in the Merrick okay. Draft Mailbox, I'm so going we won't to do it right now. I'm make a speculation here. Should we talk about the draft, We too? can talk about the draft. Quickly. Yes, absolutely. Um, but I'm going to say this right now. Here's a bold prediction. If you look at all the markers where impact is exploding, their TV numbers are up almost double what they were four months ago. They aren't getting rated on their talent. They're attracting talent to their brand. Their houses are up. 
this they have more momentum and more success right now than they had when Dixie was running the company in 2012 with Hulk Hogan on the roster. Although they had spike, which meant they still had a million viewers. I think they're going to get a spiked like TV contract yeah. by the end of this year. This is around Ooh, the time bold prediction. This like is that. around the time that you see a negotiation for something like that. Like when they got spike in, in 05, 05, it was announced in late June or July. I think this summer they're going to announce that this fall they're going live in prime time on a much bigger network. Maybe not live even. They do something that no other brand could do. They tape all of their TV and they're still getting momentum. It's not live TV. It's all taped at the day after their pay-per-views. And you know what? They brought in Trinity, yeah. who is, I would say, that's a, a needle mover. Like, How did they get her instead of AEW? Well, she signed a six-month deal, yeah. so she's not under any sort of long-term contract, but it's a six-month deal, and they're going to try it out and see how, like, how she likes it, and if she likes it, she'll stick around. But that's a big name. I mean, she's like married to one of the Usos, who's part of the hottest act in the business right now. Uh, she's probably, I can't think of another big free agent besides her right now. I think that's a great get for, for them. Yeah. And uh, we'll see where that goes. Maybe she sticks around there. That's that. That's great news. CM Punk shows up backstage. They should have done something to get him on camera. I, I just think the perception with Impact now is that almost like it used to be with ROH, this is the place where you can go to wrestle, actually wrestle. And that, that's what I think is actually going to attract people like Trinity, who hasn't really had a chance to wrestle, wrestle. And it's she's a, a better wrestler than Mercedes Monet. Yes, absolutely. She's way more athletic. You know, she's a better talker. I believe that you're going to see them get a Thursday night slot. I don't, I would love to say it's going to be Paramount Plus, but it's probably not going to be Paramount. But it's good. Paramount actually runs a lot of TV shows that are catered to men. So you yeah. think a television show like a, a or streaming. an online streaming show? You would know better than me because you have as you have better contacts. I think they're going to get a mainstream broadcast agreement. I'd love to see that. I yeah. think, and I, when I say mainstream, it's going to be like WGN America is not in the picture. They should be. They have a lot of homes. Uh, Paramount used to be Spike. They should be. They have a lot. They have a ton of homes, and and it fits. They st they still own Bellator, do they not? Who's that? Uh, Paramount. I'm not sure. Okay, well, on. whatever. I believe this is their time. They've never had momentum like this. The last time I remember them having momentum like this was Samoa Joe versus Kurt Angle after they got Angle when they never, Angle shouldn't have been a free agent. They got him. And that was because there was the only other option where he could make a living. In 2010, they got Hogan. Should have been momentum. And it bombed because they tried to recreate WCW 1995. Not even 97, 95. So... What they they do so many things right. I think that this is. I bet you anything that this is going to be a time where they lock down. Maybe it'll only be an hour of prime time, but they will. I think they're in a prime position to go prime time because they're the only ones that are growing while taping their show. Rampage proves that AEW can't tape their show. Rampage. I heard AEW try to do five hours of TV. They did two ROHs, one Rampage and one Dynamite oh in a taping. Gosh. Could you imagine That'd be terrible. the fatigue? And you're watching two episodes of Ring of Honor. One's going to be really hot because it's on at six o'clock. The other one's on at nine. It's going to be really dead. Yeah, and I, I haven't watched one of their Ring of Honor shows. Yeah. No, like, it looks great. I watch great. everything, but there's only so many hours I in agree. a day. So why don't you give up on Rampage and sub in ROH? I didn't do Rampage. Do you do week. NXT? 
I watch. I love NXT. Okay, I love it. There you go. Yeah, uh, Bellator is owned by Viacom. Just a quick fact. Yeah, so Viacom owns yeah. Paramount, but they are up for sale right now. Bellator, Bellator is. Yep. Yeah. Who's gonna buy it? I don't know. Nobody. I'm not sure. Not no, Don't say nobody. I don't think the values are. What about uh, the WWE draft? Do you guys have any thoughts about the draft? Yes. Um, you go ahead. I don't actually have any <laughs> thoughts off the top of my head. So I don't really think anything has really changed. Nothing changed. Yeah, I like, mean, it's just like it's, the Intercontinental Champions on the other show, the, yeah. the U.S. Champions on the other show. It didn't do anything for me. I'm going to say honest. this. The call-ups are interesting. They come out of Mania having really successful Mania. And this is when they always reset. Usually there's a bit of house cleaning and firing. Maybe 29 guys get fired. Um, <laughs> Such a specific number. They, they're resetting to get ready for SummerSlam. And then they reset again in September to get ready for Mania. This is just a resetting period. And they use the, they use the draft sort of to just move things around and shake it up. And that's all this was. Um, they, who, where do they go? Like, who's the baby face chasing... Roman right now. Who's the who's going to be the guy that wins the other belt there? Logan Paul. Lo, Logan Paul's the what? Going <laughs> to win the belt? No, I, I love think, Logan Paul. I think Logan Paul is going to be the guy chasing. I don't think Logan Paul went in the draft. No. Actually, now that I'm thinking I didn't about see it, his you know, name. I didn't see his name, and he's not a free agent. But either. Logan Paul is the guy that they need to build to one of the feature he's main events next year in Mania. I don't know if it, if he's if he's going to do it because he's got so many outside interests. He's he's just a money-making machine, that guy. that I don't know if he's going to be able to To take, feature main event, Mania? I, no, not that. That's a $3 million mean, dollar I just payday. in general to be... Uh, somebody who's featured regularly on their program, I don't think he's going to be able to take enough time away from his other ventures. The guy is a mogul. He's a mm. legitimate mogul. He's made $50 million off that prime bullcrap water. Have you tried one of those drinks? No, I haven't. They're awesome. I bought one. Where do you get them? 7-Eleven had them. Yeah. Really? They, were, they were good. I bought okay. two of them. So it was pretty much status quo draft. Every spring they do it. Nothing. A lot of NXT call-ups. Yeah. That no, was good. Like they really could have benefited from scooping a guy from AEW to surprise in the draft, but there's n- nobody's doing that because Vince isn't back in charge. Well, I don't know who's who's the scoop. I don't know who they would take. Who you could scoop? Yeah. Like who's, who's contract? Well, we saw the money that AEW's throwing around. How is Samoa Joe worth a million five? <laughs> I know. I'm going to put all that those, list out there. All there's those nobody guys, under a million bucks. Yeah, all those. Omega is like, a three million dollar guy. Jericho's a three million dollar guy. Your buddy John Moxley five million. That's because when they got him though. He had the, he had a lot of negotiating power because he Vince was or WWE was trying to keep him and he leveraged and leveraged. That's the only reason he got five million. He is not worth five. Oh God, he's not. And I was talking to somebody today, and they were just AEW has not made a dollar. All the money they're paying out, they are not. They're not even breaking even. No, that's just Shad Khan inheritance to Tony Khan money. That they're making. Any that other business using. in the world the tax would, right off, would be closed. Restaurant. Well, they're four years in. The thing is, is how much money are they going to get on the Saturday Night Collision show? Is it going to be enough to get them close to break even? I think I read something on that, and it will be like a modest increase, but it will be enough to... Yeah. Get them closer. Yeah, they will be the, making... Here's money. the problem with their brand, though. Like, they have... They haven't escalated their own salary structure since the beginning because Jericho and Omega are still at the same level. MJF, there's nobody there that's... It'll be interesting, I guess, Jericho's renewed once, but Omega's renewal's coming up. Does he go from three to five? 
And could you justify that based on what he's delivered because he has only been in main event for six months out of his four years so far? I think he gets it, but I don't think... I don't know. I don't think you can justify because I still think that WWE would take him. I think he gets three to three... WWE under the current situation where they're cutting money is not spending 3.5 to get a Kenny Omega. The thing that I believe is that maybe he gets to 3.5 with the opportunity to go to Japan four times a year and get big paydays there. I don't think there's, I don't think there's any urgency on Tony Khan to just break the bank on any of these guys. Do you, do you think all elite's just a write-off for Shad Khan? Because the guy owns uh, Fulham FC. He owns Jacksonville Jaguars. He owns a big auto parts supplier. That's in the where US. he made his billions. Yeah. So is, do you think all when you're worth, maybe just a write-off? When you're worth five He's or a billionaire. 10. Yeah. But when you're worth five or $10 billion and you're a hundred million dollar wrestling company, you don't care. Well, yeah, and all those millions are, it's are not great like, for his taxes. So Panda Energy went out of business in 2017 or 18. They were feeling the pinch in 13 when TNA was losing the most money they'd ever lost. The the worse, the longer TNA was in business, the more they lost because the more they thought, we're missing one piece, we're going to go out and get Hogan. We're missing one piece, we're going to get this guy. We're we going to go Monday Night's yeah, Live. Yeah, we got to keep Sting. We're going to go on the road. Every time they thought it was, they gambled every time thinking this is the one that's going to change it. The thing with AEW is if they can keep their salary structure now in the range it's in, maybe they can, maybe they can bring it even. The Bucks make $2 million each. Tag team making $4 million? FTR's making that, too. I thought it was a million. Was it? In a, yeah. Yeah, the list that we put out, that's like, if you want to believe what's out there. But yeah. that's kind of the, I've these always, are the numbers. But I didn't see Hangman Page on that. He was there. Uh, was he? he was a sixth or seventh on the list. 1.75, 1. 1.5. Is Either way, it's gonna, we're going to put it out on Facebook uh, and on all the social medias. Did I miss anything? No, I think we hit it all. Are you ready to for, move on? For, for a guy with no format, and we it's didn't. not bad. Yeah. And, and running, and we're all tired. Sleep. We're all cranky and pissy and moany. Yeah, we sure are. We did okay. Let us know what you thought of the episode. We're not done yet. What is that time? Oh, we got to talk about the food that makes me hungry. That's right. Make it, me even more. Cranky. I had it in Brandon yesterday. What'd you have? Oh, bees. What'd uh, you have? I just went with the spicy again. No, I, no, no. What restaurant do you have? Mary Brown's. Mary Brown's chicken. Mary, Mary Brown's chicken. chicken. Crave delicious. Crave Canadian. Has 14 Manitoba locations? Mary Brown's Chicken. Who only uses Manitoba chicken? Mary Brown's Chicken. And who only uses Manitoba grown potatoes hand cut in store? I bet you've already guessed. Even Mary Brown's coleslaw is made fresh in store from whole carrots and cabbage. Download Mary Brown's app today and take advantage of money saving deals and even a secret menu. You can order ahead to get your Mary Brown's faster. Mary Brown's Chicken. Crave delicious. Three questions in the Mary Brown's mailbag this week. Oh, it's piling over, but we already talked about Jeez Wee's going to uh, Mary Brown's in Brandon. Mike, you've been to, to Mary Brown's lately. I took a Did week off. Did you go off? Monday? No, I took a week off this week. Oh, you took a week off. Okay. I was busy. I worked Monday night a 12-hour shift, so I couldn't go. I went for Mary Brown's uh, Big Mary Monday. I had a my traditional Nashville Big Mary, and I had the waffle fries yeah. because Jeez Wee's has been putting over those waffle fries. The I think tater, I'm done with the waffle fries. The yeah. taters are a, a steal of a deal. I'll tell yeah. you, you why. Get so much. Yes, that's why. The yeah. waffle fries, they can't get as many in that little container. You yeah. need to go. Too I think, much air in the waffle. Yeah, it, but the, like they could pour some in, and then there's a big space. I think i got to go back to the, to the taters. You get a, the value on those taters, amazing. Yep. You need the solid potato-y goodness. All yep. right, this one, first question coming in on Twitter from Shaggy. He used the hashtag, hashtag Mary Brown's mailbag. Mike Davidson seems to have a problem with Don Callis. He's always talking down about him. 
Is there some personal heat there? Shaggy? Like, Shaggy Campbell? Ask me in a direct message next time. Yeah, come on, Shaggy. Uh, direct heat or heat? Yes. I think Don's an, an asshole. Okay. <laughs> but that doesn't that doesn't cause heat. I know a lot people you think I agree with you. People think I'm an asshole. He's he's. Uh when I was a teenager, he was kind of so I worked with Don in 1997 right before he went to WWF. He knew at that time he was signing. He actually was supposed to start as a member of the Supermodels with Rick Martel. Martel screwed off to WCW. Callis then went to Hart, Bret Hart to get to keep his job, and he ended up a member of the Truth Commission. Don Callis was a pawn. And at the same time, I worked with Edge, who was going to WWF. One was a total freaking, he was just, it was a total dick, and that was Don. The other was the nicest guy in the world, and that was Edge. And that's the difference between the two of them. If Don Callis didn't have a personal relationship with Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega, he never would have got the commentator job at New Japan. He never would have got the vice president job at Impact, and he would not be on AEW TV. That doesn't mean I've got heat with them. If I had those two relationships, I might leverage them the exact same way. I might have also leveraged those two relationships to put Omega versus Jericho in the ring in New Japan, which made which broke the internet in in wrestling terms five, six years ago. It's called using what you got. Nobody does it better than, than Don Callis. Problem with Don Callis is when he's up, he's a dick. And when he's down, no one hears from him. Yeah. At least at least ride ride it out when you're down. That's the only thing I would say. But uh, no heat. No heat. What about you, Jeezwees? Heat? Nope. I, um, I, get, al- I get along great with Don. All right. <laughs> I, have, I have no problem. I mean, yeah, he rubs people the wrong way, but I think, you know, it's... I'll just say, that's Don. Yeah. That's, I met, met him a handful of times. Everybody has a similar story. Yeah. I maybe say it a little bit more directly, and, but I also don't care what Don thinks of me. Because I see through what he is. Yeah, he's he's always taking care of me, but I understand totally uh, what what you're saying there. Yeah, yeah. Like I met him a half dozen times. Maybe he was fine, but I could see what you're saying about the rub people the wrong way. I could definitely I got that vibe for sure. So, uh, moving on, this one coming in from Dave Cote, D's Keys, D's Cotees, D's Cotees. There, sorry. Um, from Twitter at Total B, she's using hashtag Mary Brown's Mailbag. After my Alberta trip, seeing the crowd swamp the merch tables to meet wrestlers and get pictures, autographs, and whatnot, and seeing several talents who work not exclusively uh, at these sold-out shows, I have to agree with AJ Sanchez. Mike, you might be out of touch. Not a question, Dave. More of a comment, but thank you. Dave Cote's favorite wrestler is AJ Sanchez. So is what it? is he say, what is he saying there? He's saying AJ is right. That Mike Sutter AJ touch. is right and wrestlers should be should be working the merch table. Okay. That's and, what I get. And from working non exclusive. And that's you know what? Dave Cote buys more wrestling tickets than I do, and more wrestling tickets than just about everybody that I know of. So Dave Cote's opinion is more important than mine. Yep. Because he's contributing to the wrestling economy. What I will say though is nobody can gauge what I am saying would work. I come from pro sports now. Now I'm not involved in the actual football operations, but I'm peripherally around everything that happens at Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Before that, I worked with the Jets to a degree. So I've seen 
what a lot of what I'm saying is based on how you create the brand loyalty. You're never going to get guys to show up wearing jerseys and hats for a wrestling company if the wrestlers aren't don't build that company together. If they build all the companies the same, nobody cares about the wrestling company. The economy for wrestling is better when the company is strong and the wrestlers all make money. As opposed to what's happening now where every wrestler is reaching out and trying to get as much of the money into their own hands without it going through the company. The company can drive profits which will be better for the wrestlers in the long run. Build the business structure strong as opposed to every individual working as an independent contractor all trying to get their money. One of the things I don't like about wrestlers working the merch table is you. there's an implied there's an implied deal here. If you like me, you'll give me your money. That I hate. Do not do that. I don't want wrestlers asking for the money from the fans. It's like, it's almost like when you go to the carnival and the, and the carnies are, they're called carnival barkers and their job is to get you to play the game, to try to win the, the stuffed animal. It does not wrestling. I want wrestlers to think of themselves as professional athletes. If they do that, they have to look at what professional athletes are there's no professional athlete, even in, in American Association Baseball. There's no time for the athlete to go up before the show and mingle with the fans because they got to be focused on being the best they can be as an athlete. And that's where the problem comes in. If wrestlers have two hours in the hour, in the two hours before the show, they can go mingle with fans. What are they doing for mental preparation? What are they doing to be the best athlete they can? Oh, but it's showmanship. Okay, showmanship works but they still should be focused on their performance that night because it's never the same. It's not like a Guns N' Roses concert where it's the same set every night. It should be a different opponent almost every night, a different performance every night, a different effort every night, and the, and the wrestler should be focused on what he has to do differently. That's what I think. I think it, the, what happens now is they undercut the fans by going up there and mingling with them that should be done as a sponsorship thing, as a post-show thing. Autograph Alley as you're leaving. It should not be done as a pre-show thing. And it should not be for the wrestler's benefit to go out there and ask for money. It should be for the wrestling company's benefit. Because a stronger wrestling company means they can pay a little bit more to wrestlers, better trans, better hotel, better living arrangements for the wrestlers. But you got to build the company stronger first. All right, that was the comment from Dave Cote. I could go on a whole episode. That was articulated perfectly. Yes, and now here's the question from Dave Cote, and he, he did use the hashtag Mary Brown's Mailbag. Which do you prefer and think is a more suitable story-based entertainment, WWE or All Elite Wrestling? That's a good question. Um, let's let's go to G's Weez to start this one. A more suitable... What's he say? More suitable story-based entertainment Does he mean or athletic-based wrestling. All Elite Wrestling or WWE? So which is best, the best story-based and which is the best athletic presentation, I suppose, would be the question. Well, the best story-based is clearly WWE because their storytelling is much better. The best athletic presentation, just because these guys can do maybe cooler moves in AEW, that doesn't mean the WWE guys can't do those moves. That just means they don't do those moves because they want to actually have a career that doesn't last three years. Yeah. So I would say WWE by a long shot, but... Plus, they book to the masses. 
They don't just go after a little portion of the wrestling audience. They book to the masses. So. I, I would argue that it's WWE across the board, both athletic and pr- presentation, and, and not because, the, like you said, not because the guys in WWE can't do it, but because they're smart enough to know when to do it and when not to do it. And again, you look at a guy like Brian Danielson, who's wrestled with everybody. He will tell you, if you ask him, who is the best wrestler you've ever been in the ring with? And he will tell you, Randy, Randy Orton. Orton. Yeah. And that's not somebody you're going to see do a 630 off the top through a table. I don't think I've ever seen him do any sort of flip at all. Doesn't need to. So WWE talent can't do the AEW style because they also still do five shots a week, whereas AEW only does two. Great point. So that's why that it is the way it is. Um, I will say this. If you gave AEW a booker, you give them a fighting chance that they could be storyline driven. They are not storyline driven right now. They are car crash booked, but not even like WCW in the 90s. They are, it's like, let's just throw it out there because we have a shot at making a surprise tonight. Let's just throw it out there because it's what I want to see right now. There's no, the prime example, the four pillars match oh that they started this gosh. angle in Winnipeg. Yeah. They've done nothing to lead, the, it, as a story, it's not a story. And listen, MJF's going to win that match. So then what does he go? He's just crushed three potential. And you've also killed his title reign oh because he didn't gosh. have a legitimate contender at a pay, at a major pay per view, you need a better booker to ha- to give this question opportunity to to give me to be able to say what's better. I'll say this: WWE, their stories are often contrived and easy to disconnect from. AEW has this thing when we watch it, anything can happen because you have a booker that's sitting there going, "This he has no attention, long term attention span, so he could change, he could do a." a a 90 degree turn in when most people would take three months to do it. He could do it in three minutes. Yeah. He has done that. So if, if booked properly, AEW would be the better brand. It's cooler with the people in a lot of ways. Their athletes are amazing, but this is a guy who has not figured out how to make Kenny Omega, the top draw in the company or even a draw in the company Uh, that tells you he's not qualified to book. So I can't say AEW is, better, but I tell you, if they had a booker, they'd have a hell of a lot better chance of being better than WWE. Yeah, and I would go with that. They could be better. They're not, but they could be. I think they have better tools in the toolbox than, yeah. not to call wrestlers tools, but I think they they really do, like Roderick Strong, talk about having an embarrassment of riches, adding Roderick Strong, that just one small piece that WWE could not do anything with. He goes to All Elite, and he it's a major get for them. It, it enhances Adam Cole, Adam Cole and Jericho. Adam Cole should be chasing after your top heel. So should Kenny Omega. These guys should be, MGF should feel like he has no time as champion because there's so many guys gunning for him. But the three guys gunning for him are all like undercard guys that they've never tried to push as top guys. And they didn't say, oh, we're going to do this four-way. We're going to get all four guys red hot. They didn't do that. They left MJF red hot. And he and this cools him off doing it this way because he comes down not up to his to his contenders, but I don't think Sammy's risen his game in this angle. I don't think Darby Allen's done anything for his game in this angle. And Jungle Boy looks they all look like underdogs. It's hurt them all. Imagine having a four way match of one guy who should win and three underdogs, and it ain't even close. There's no return. Like you talk about the law of diminishing returns. There's just no return whatsoever. The only way they can do it is if MJF does a job and then wins it back on the Wednesday after, like I said last week. So 
to answer Dave's question, there's so many things I like about All Elite. And WWE, I All Elite, I, when I watch it, I go, this is something I could watch every minute of and, and pay attention to. WWE, there's still stuff that I just don't think is important. Yeah. And that's, but All Elite, that's embarrassing why they do it because with the booking they do, it's awful. It's awful. I would be paying Dutch Mantel to be a stay-at-home consultant to advise me where I'm going wrong. And I would, they could never get Cornette to do it, but pay people like Dutch Mantel really good critics just to tell you all you're doing wrong. Because at least if you identify what you're doing wrong, you can start to focus on doing it right. They won't. Maybe we'll have to ask Dutch Mantel that one of these days. All right, uh, that's bringing us to an end of Mary Brown's <laughs> mailbag, and I think it's almost time for us to put a bow on it. Do you have anything else you wanted to hit before we go, boys? What are we at for time? We're at 109. 109. 109. Was there something else I was going to mention? I mentioned the tablebump.ca. I want to remind people about tablespot, tablebump.ca. Um, table we talked about impact. Oh, well. you know what I was going to mention, and I, met, I missed it in that segment? You talk about all the brands that are really catching momentum and AEW thanks to the Wembley show now has momentum again. You want to know a brand that has zero momentum hmm. and NWA. I actually think they're going to fold. <laughs> NWA? Yeah, I guess yeah. the prelude. I think they're going to fold. Yeah. I think Billy Corgan is probably at a point where he's like, where's the growth? How much money am I going to invest into this? What can I do with this? It ain't fun anymore. Like what are they doing with it right now? They just went to Australia. So unless they're planning to really focus on that market, and it was a concert for Smashing Pumpkins. I think he's putting the wrestling shows before the Smashing Pumpkins concerts all over the place. And I think that's what his new game plan is. Because those are the same fan bases. The thing is that the (laughs) NWA had boatloads of momentum at one point, and he's just managed to... He's just getting it. squeezed out, right? Yeah. There's just too many. and it's They just don't a- have the talent for it. Like after they lost Aldis and then Trevor Murdoch loses the belt and they go to Tyra's. Nobody, Nobody looks- wanted Tyra's. No. no. But I'll tell you a funny story now that you tell me about pumpkins and NWA. Smee's peas. I got to tell a Jeff Dick okay. story. So Jeff Dick does a meeting with, in 2005, he does a meeting with uh, Kevin Donnelly from MT. I shouldn't have said the name, but he does a meeting with Kevin Donnelly from True North Sports and Entertainment. He wants to get in it at the time. It was called the uh, MTS center. And he says, ah, I'm going to do wrestling as an opener for tragically hip. And Donnelly's looking at him and he's like, ah, hip will draw 10,000 and uh, wrestling. Will, it, it goes hand in hand. And Donnelly says, well, first and foremost, I'm not going to let any wrestling company come in. That's not WWE. And he held to that rule until this year. And I don't believe that you can get tragically. Actually, I think it was the reverse. Tragically hip was going to open for wrestling. <laughs> Oh my oh, God. Come on. I might have been reverse. It, the story is better if it's reverse, but it's preposterous. No, matter anyway, which so it was going to be so a, was Aaron Brock. It was going to be a, exactly what it's from the same failed vision. <laughs> so he was going to have a tragically hip concert, Gord Downey before he passed away, obviously. And there was going to be an AWE wrestling show tied into it. And Donnelly's looking at him. He said, you do realize I could make one phone call and get a tragically hip concert. I do not need to go through this. And second, I am not, he didn't take him seriously. Basically put him out of the office. And Jeff, I think Jeff Dick might have said, I don't think he said it directly to him. I think the meeting ended a little bit more graceful than that. He, but basically Donnelly, Jeff Dick believed he could get Kevin Donnelly fired because he thought he knew the investors from, from True North. But it was actually David Thompson who was the investor. Many years later, 2012, we get a second meeting with, with Kevin Donnelly. And... Uh, the idea was that Kevin Donnelly was going to donate 
the MTS Center, and we were going to do a wrestling show, and all the ticket money was going to go to charity. And Jeff Dick said, if you did a $5 ticket price times 15000 he did weird math. And if you tell all the people it's going to go to charity, they're all going to come, except that would never have worked. And Kevin Donnelly's looking at this, and thank God he never even opened up the book. He kind of said, you know what, guys, I, uh, I'm happy to meet with you guys, and, you know, like, you want to do wrestling. I just don't think our building is a fit. We're still tied in with WWF or WWE. If we can get one date with them. He said, but, like, you know, I, had, I met with a guy a couple of years ago who wanted to do, like, tragically hip in wrestling, but he didn't say to Jeff, hey, you're the idiot that wanted it. He's like, he was just not nonsense. It was never going to work, right? So he tied it That's in. That's amazing. He tied it in without saying, you're the idiot. He didn't even remember Jeff. He pretended he didn't remember oh Jeff, but he God. identified. Like, so this was something, this was 2005 to 2012, seven years later. A touchdown later, he still remembered the the asinine idea. In 2007, I talked to uh, MTS Center, and I tried to put Jericho versus Hogan in there, and it was like, if, 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 and if, maybe. <laughs> That's what I got from them. Like, it was, there was a lot of things you had to get done in order for them to do it. Remember when he was selling those or like he had that booth set up at a hockey game and he was Arizona car, Arizona coyotes against the Toronto Maple Leafs exhibition game. Yes. Wayne Gretzky was coaching the coyotes. And what was he? He pushing? was pushing one world United memberships and their launch party, which was Aaron Brockovich. And, <laughs> and how many did he we get? We asked the girls he had working, how to go? Nobody cared. <laughs> what do you mean? Nobody cared. Did anybody activate? Zero activations. Zero. Oh my God. Yeah. It was like, and you, and you feel bad. Like, this is a guy that just thought outside the box with everything. He he had a he had many good ideas. Someone but, else who we're blocked all on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. but his home the home runs of bad ideas were like like honey, honey butter, butter new creek. Yeah, new creek, which was a cardboard that felt like <laughs> it, it looked like a cinder block, but it felt like styrofoam. And he was going to build a high rise with it. And somebody said, what happens if it's really windy? Oh no, <laughs> this has the integrity of like 10 times the strength of car of, of, of concrete, but it literally, you could throw it like a, like it was light. Yeah. What else did he have? Shaolin monks. He was going to do a, a coast to coast tour of Shaolin monks. <laughs> Why? Because he <laughs> thought that there was a market for it. And there probably is. But I don't know about You won't it. find it. No. no. Not the market that he thinks there Am is. Am I missing any of the good ones? Oh, there's lots, but... He wanted to... He In 2004, when the NHL was in their work stoppage, he wanted to buy an NHL team, move it to Winnipeg, and he was going to put it... He was going to use non-professional hockey players. And he said, oh, people... Because people like underdogs. They'll get behind. Probably because he watched the movie Underdogs. <laughs> Do you know, like, Batman would have... Batman would have... Well, for one, he never would have got a meeting with Batman. But, <laughs> So when you guys say 2010, you didn't accomplish much. Imagine that's the guy that's hiring you. And those are his ideas. And we managed to get an American syndicated TV deal. It was a lot harder than people think. Uh, there you have it. Another week in the books for the Be She Show. And Mike, uh, anything on the closing? That was it. Please that's no it. Glenn Goza. No Glenn Goza. Oh, here he is again. Here it is. Let's oh, hit it. Oh, no. Well, the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammerlock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, I love to watch the missing link bang his head on a corner post and the romper bumper butt butt delivered by the ice man. The Freebirds, Roberts, Hayes, and Gardy, but what I like the most is Kerry delivering the Iron Claw as only the Vaughn Eric's 
Well, the boss called again, said it's time and a half. You'll come in tonight. I just had to laugh. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, my girlfriend called and friend, she could be a model for Fredericks of Hollywood, but she was hassling. Really hassling. Said I could come over early and stay real late, but I told her, honey, if we have a date, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Kevin Von Erich, when he's really high and flying, I'd like to see Ric Flair, but he's out there strutting. Andre the Giant must be seven foot nine. Well, I wouldn't miss this for a dozen girls, and I wouldn't miss this for nothing. I said, honey, I hope you ain't hurt. She said, I'm putting on my wrestling shirt. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, last night I dreamed my life was over. There was golden streets and fields of clover and the lights, they were dazzling. I looked for old St. Peter at the pearly gates. I found a note that said, I won't be too late. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. There's gentleman Chris Adams with his super kick in place. Young Mike Von Erich with his own iron claw. And I'll never forget the classic matches of the 70s and 80s. Two champions, Harley Race and David Von Erich. St. Peter told me as he let me in, from now on, every Monday and Friday, Glenn, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Boy, if I'd known this was going to happen, I wouldn't have bought those advanced tickets. By the way, St. Pete, are you sure these wings will fit in a ringside seat? Is Fritz coming up here anytime soon? <laughs>